Hi, and welcome to KC360's podcast on navigating college admissions. I'm Christy, your host, and during our time together, we'll cover college admission tips and tricks to help your college search be a success. We live in a great day where there are a lot of educational options, and especially since COVID, there's been so much that has been normalized that I'm grateful for, and part of that is homeschooling. You have students that were in traditional schools their whole lives and were forced to homeschool, and some of them really liked it, and so they kept it, and some students have been forced to do that. Some students have done that by choice, but the great thing about that is that it has normalized and I think leveled the playing field for a lot of students and so today we're talking about tips for homeschoolers when it comes to the college search and admission process and I will say that this has changed drastically in the last three years because so many students are doing it now and you know universities have really come to expect that and it's been great for students so we'll jump right in a lot of students that are homeschooled I think have trepidation about the college search and admission process because they feel like universities aren't going to understand them or understand their needs or a a various amount of things and all of those feelings and reasons are really valid and so just keep in mind that I would say you know unlike three years ago you are very normal and your situation is probably very common and there's a lot of other students that are applying very similarly to you resources for transcripts and I typically use a template group from the Homeschool Legal Defense Association and if you want those transcript templates just email me and I'll send them to you but they're very easy to access and they really do help provide a template of everything that you need and just sort of gives you an idea and organization for how a transcript should work. There are curriculum providers that provide a transcript, and so if you're working with a curriculum provider that provides that, I always encourage it because it really does help you separate, you know, between the family and, you know, an administrator, and so if you have that opportunity, definitely take advantage of it. Some things that should always be on there are the grades, um, all, you know, years of those classes, and how that's organized and categorized is really up to you, but it's really important that you put your full name and your information and that's because as you can imagine there are a lot of students applying and these days there you'd be surprised at how many students have very similar names and so make sure you put your full name to help you identify and then if you have taken your test score you can put that on there just to help them you will still likely need to send in your official test score but that helps just sort of aggregate all your information together so that's the, that's the transcript. And if you are in, enrolled dually, if you have any dual enrollment classes, add those on there. And then you'll also need to get the dual enrollment transcript from you know that institution as well. A lot of universities ask for that. And that's how they actually attribute the credit to the university itself. And a lot of students ask me, you know, if I take a dual enrollment class at this place and at this place, will it transfer? And most likely, I, I really have not found a student that that has not been the case for. So generally speaking, yes, those classes will transfer. I mean, that's the whole purpose of dual enrollment, right? No institution wants you to take a class that's not useful. And I think dual enrollment is a great opportunity to bridge that high school to college gap and sort of give you a good entry point into what a college class will look like and so if you have an opportunity to take dual enrollment classes definitely do that there's great rates at Columbia International Level College of course Liberty Online and um, 
North Star has some great dual enrollment classes. So take advantage of those if you can. Uh, if you're looking at, you know, what types of classes to take dual enrollment, go to a handful of universities that you may have interest in. Again, this is not a commitment. And look and see what their basic gen ed classes are. And when you look at that, like in English, for example, you'll see, you know, English Comp, 1 and 2, British Lit, American Lit, U.S. History, College Algebra. If you're looking at math, you know, Art Appreciation, Psychology, those are typically gen ed type classes. And so if you see dual enrollment in that category, then, you know, know that those aren't going to be wasted. But it is beneficial because you can complete a high school credit and then complete a college credit as well typically for a lower rate. So I highly recommend that. Um, be careful and just be mindful of how many dual enrollment course credit hours you actually accumulate. No, you aren't navigating alone. If this episode helped, you know there's more resources on the website. Financial planning, pathway planner, a career assessment, college essay course, consultation, the monthly navigator series, and even virtual college fairs. All these resources are curated just for you. Head down to the show notes for more links and more information. And this is because if you get into like the 20, 30 hour range of dual enrollment credit, then the university policies vary by university, but they could actually count you as a college sophomore. And so just be mindful of what their policy is and what their credit limit is, because what you don't want is to transfer in 34 credits and then miss out on four-year scholarships that you would be assigned as a freshman versus transfer scholarships because you, you have so many hours. And I've got several webinars on dual enrollment and sort of how that happens if you're a free monthly navigator member, so check those out. Some other things to consider when you're looking at homeschoolers is their National Honor Society for Homeschoolers, which is etasigmaalpha.com, so etasigmaalpha. And if you think that you would qualify for that, definitely look into it because it does sort of help your um, leadership resume or transcript or college application if you have the opportunity for that. But that's not a make or break deal. If you're not a National Honor Society member in the homeschool world, then that's not going to you know, adversely affect your transcript necessarily or your application. It's just one of those bonus things, right? There's plenty of students that have great scholarships that aren't National Honor Society members. Make sure you do take the time, as we've talked about in other episodes, to fill out your FAFSA and look at different opportunities that you'd have for funding and then take the time to talk to professors. We've got two great episodes on that, especially if you're not in a position to visit a lot of colleges. And what you need to know as a homeschool student is that you're not alone. There are a lot of other homeschool students, especially now, and you're not the first one that will have applied and had a transcript or had something strange or, you know, one weird anomaly about your situation. Um, A lot of students have that right now, and that's okay. So you're in really good hands. Ask a lot of questions, and your questions aren't weird. Research, you know, look at a variety of things. All colleges are interested in you, and they want to know more about you to know if that's the best community fit for you academically and socially. So take the time to do it, and don't cross out schools because you think, you know, you're a homeschool student and they wouldn't be interested in you. There's not a limit to your applications and how you can, you know, view what you want to do just because you're a homeschool student. 
One thing I really recommend for students, though, is to start your test prep early on. And you can do tons of SAT, ACT test prep for free online. There's lots of tests that you can practice. Um, and, and the benefit of this is that, you know, it really lowers the pressure and the frequency gives you confidence. And so if you, you know, are a student that needs that, then take advantage of it. There's a lot of opportunities out there. There's on-demand courses. I've got some discounts that come through every now and then for those on the website. And that just gives you an opportunity to not be nervous and to have done it the very first time when you actually sit down and do it. And I do recommend that you take some sort of standardized test. ACT, SAT, in some cases universities are taking the CLT, the classical learning test, and that's online. It's a great fit if you're not a great test taker. Um, and I know I have students that say, I'm not a great test taker, my application should be focused on character, and, and you're right, and it will be, without a doubt. But tests really do help when it comes to scholarship. You may not need it for admission, and a lot of schools still are not requiring it for admission. But they are requiring it for those high dollar, high value scholarships. And so if that's something that you think you will need scholarship, then it's definitely worth taking the test for. And you can take it a couple times. And if you are familiar with the super score process, that takes every attempt that you've had and gives the highest marks on that particular segment, the highest on math. And so a super score is great and a lot of universities do that. So take the time to do the test and to do some test prep. One of the things in the application process that I think homeschool students tend to perceive that is going to be a problem is their extracurricular activities and just, you know, social things. And I think, you know, use this opportunity to showcase who you are. And if you're not involved in an extracurricular activity, start one. And initiative is a great thing to have on a college application. It looks really good. And, you know, writing well opens doors for you. So even if you just are writing different things and trying different things out and doing things on your own, that shows initiative and really motivating character points that, that colleges are interested in. Because at the end of the day, you're the one doing the work. And so if they have a student that they know is internally motivated, that is something that they want. So don't feel like if you don't have, you know, a ton of activities and leadership aspects on your college application that that's a downside you know really focus on the fact that quality over quantity is what schools want and you know when I read applications when I worked for university you read a lot of similarities and so you know talk about your story in your essay really give some inside insight and I've got a couple episodes on tips on essay writing but your application shouldn't just be a huge list of all the things that you've done again you know summarize it to where the quality of it is what readers and, and admission um, officers can really focus on. When you're visiting campus, don't feel like you, you know, have to defend your decision to homeschool. Again, a lot of people are doing this, and there's so many great qualities about it, and universities are really open to it now in a way that they've never been before and have been for the last few years, so it's not even a new thing anymore. Take the time to really talk to professors and visit classes. You have the opportunity to sort of come and go because of your schedule in a way that a lot of students can't. And so take advantage of that. Uh, if you have an expectation to sit down with a financial aid officer as a homeschool student, especially in like 10th or 11th grade, just understand that for a lot of universities without your test score, it's going to be very hard for them to have that conversation. And so just keep that in mind. Ask them, you know, the types of scholarships based on your major or field of interest that you may be eligible for, but know that without a test score, it's going to be a little difficult for them to give you hard and fast numbers that will be estimates. 
So, you know, when you visit, just have that expectation in the back of your head if you want to sit down with financial aid and talk to them about finances. But your campus visit really should be focused on the campus experience and academics and meeting with professors. It shouldn't be at that point, unless it's your senior year, really sitting down to talk about financial aid. Really take time to get to know the professors and how they advise and what their internship options are because um, I think the more you ask questions, the more you can replace worry with those questions and answers, and then that really helps in the whole process. So take the time to do that. You're in a great position, and I, you know, students are my favorite. You're the most talented, multifaceted generation that has come along, and so you know, take that and and run with it and look at this opportunity as one that you have privilege to be able to do this next step. And you may not know what you want to do. You may not have a clear idea, but that's okay. There's a lot of people along the way that will help and cheer you on and encourage you. And you've got a lot to give. And so give a university an opportunity to get to know that and to see that in you and know that it's not strange or weird. And yes, every student has very unique circumstances and those are really important that you talk about but focus on how that university will help you grow and learn and and what you will add to it as well and they will see the shining light that you are and the amazing asset that you'll be to their university <laughs>